Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I am sitting here, of course, social distancing with... Sam Rodriguez, Ziggy. I am here. I know you are, but you're so far away. <laughs> yes, you know. But that doesn't, you have a if, great if reach. To... Your your hands, you reach. <laughs> you, you can get the donuts from like seven feet away, and I'm impressed well, by I, that. I studied, uh, you know, under Mister Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Uh, was he like the? Could he like stretch or he whatever? He was a stretchy guy. Yeah, he's actually he's now a yoga instructor in Pasadena. Really yeah, interesting don't, guy. I don't, I don't think like lo- yoga. I, I don't either. Him. But you know, that's when I stopped taking his classes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad we didn't digress into some kind of weird topic. Um, so what's interesting is um, you know as we um, as we continue our little process here at the Catholic Cafe, you look out the window and you see. Uh, you know, spring has sprung. You know, we're still in spring, but it's like you you, you start to. I mean, things are blooming and blossoming, and things are mm. kind of outside looking nice and and, and somewhat normal. Um, and also, what's nice about that is is uh, we're also. It seems that as this show is being broadcast, um, that things are starting to like reawaken in various stages mm-hmm. throughout the church. Yes. So I thought it'd be good for us to do a show, like basically called "Returning to Church." Yeah. You know, because I, I and and I'm hopeful that while some maybe not have had may not have had a, a significant disruption, most have. Some are on their way back to church. Some have already started going back to church. Some are not starting for a while. Mm-hmm. So we're in all these different varying places throughout. Uh, the country and the world in terms of like returning to church. And then there's some who've been away from church for 20 years. Right. You know, or this is a wake up call. That's right. And I, and I think that just doing a show called returning to church um, is good because I think some of the same principles, if you've been away for 20 years or if you've been away for uh, just a few weeks, maybe a few months um, when all the coronavirus stuff started happening, you know, the great pandemic, these kind of these principles we're going to talk about are going to apply. You know, I think if somebody here who's listening to the show who's going through something similar where they might have lapsed and they are thinking about returning or they know somebody who is in that process of returning. If you or someone you know. <laughs> well, they, what they may want to do is go on a Google search, uh, go onto the, the Bible and uh, just any sort of Bible page that they can find on the Internet. And if they search the word return, to see how many times it appears in the Bible. It's a pretty big theme, returning to God, you know, yeah. both through the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament. I mean, God is kind of constantly calling us to him. And there's also words like mercy and things like that and yes. love that are also part of this process. And so returning is something that we do. And, you know, even a lot of people don't realize or remember that one of the uh, one of the blessings that that takes place uh, at Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. is essentially turn, O man, you know, to the gospel, yes. right? To so turn, uh, and so this idea of turning and, and the prodigal son, you know, this is a you're exactly right. It's a constant theme. But what the prodigal son returns to is what mercy and yes. love, forgiveness, right? Um, and essentially to home, 
Or, yeah, it's not about returning to a fancy building. It's not about returning to, you know, uh, the the giant box of rules that confounds us and makes Wait, us, you know, weighs us no down. Rules? There's definitely rules. <laughs> but it, it's but it's not it's not about ultimately it's about receiving the yoke of love over our heart and yeah. freely choosing love. Right. No, no, that's exactly right. It's just that um, that when we come back, we we maybe haven't taken stock in terms of like what we've been missing. Now, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people will tell you like, well, I haven't gone to mass. Yeah. Right. Because most bishops have offered some form of dispensation. Right. From your obligation to go to mass, and a bishop can do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you've been outside of mass, which means for the most part. Most people have been outside the sacraments. Right. Right? So in some occasions, people have been going to confessions, like whether they were sort of like a drive-through kind of thing with the priest, you know, poking in through the passenger window to offer, um, you know, confessions. Like, hey, Father, I got the six kids in the car with me. Let's do confessions for everybody. You know, it right. doesn't work that way. But, but there have been opportunities, like where an individual would drive up in their car and receive communion, yes. uh, uh, or maybe in some cases, uh, certainly confession, but in some cases, communion. So, so we've been outside the Mass, we've been outside the sacraments, we've been out, essentially outside the community of the church, yes. which also means we're outside, whether there's a parish school or not, we're outside the parish school, we're outside the, the parochial sports, we're outside the studies, ministries, apostolates, whatever we're involved with at church. And the various persons that we're accustomed to seeing. And, that's right. I mean, we're that's outside our church that. family. You know, and so we've done uh, a yeoman's job of trying to, to, to have all these teleconferencing and, and technology ways of, of getting together. And some of them have been awesome, and, and we've been able to get some stuff done and, and just kind of still kind of feel part of something. But it's not been the same. Right. right? And we're outside that. And so now they're getting ready to, and like in the Diocese of Memphis, we're getting ready to, to start like dialing it up again, you know, getting, going back into. So I, I guess I want to address some of the, the issues right off the bat yes. that we have to stop. And maybe, maybe you're not prepared to think this way, but it's stuff I started thinking about thinking, you know, it's not just as simple as turn the light switch back on. Right. I mean... I just, I guess I want to be clear that, like, this idea that we're going to go back to church and everything's going to be just the way it was. Right. I, I sincerely doubt that it's going to be like that, A, because already I know of restrictions that are being placed, like in terms of occupancy and uh, the procedures that are involved in the various um, uh, sacramental aspects of receiving Holy Communion and whether you're wearing a mask or not, whatever your your bishop and uh, uh, local authorities have decided to kind of work together to figure out, um, it's it's um, we're 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 coming back and things aren't just going to be the same, right? Right? We're not going to be back and packing them in like we did, you know, it, on on a on on an Easter Sunday. Typically, on Mother's Day, we had to go through Mother's Day with with. You know, outside the normal realm of church, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I don't know. Virtual Mother's Day is not the same, right? In church, and it would have been a, nice to see them having like a face mask to match their veil. Yeah, wouldn't that know? be nice? That'd be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> but but also, I guess I want to push that a little further and say the idea that we're going to go back to what the way it was before at all ever. I, I don't. I have a feeling some things are not going to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are going to be some things that we do differently, just because we're always going to be a more cautious people, 
Right. So let's just kind of go through some things um, that, you know, when we're coming back home, what, how, what, what we need to be like, what, what is our mindset? What do we need to be uh, doing? The first thing is like, I would, I would stress this um, is, is we have to exercise caution. Right, so so our bishop has done this, and I know most bishops are certainly doing this, and I hope they are, but they're paying attention to what what the government has like identified as the the good and the bad things to do, right, mm-hmm. and, and to avoid the bad things and to do the good things. So most places are doing things like, well, we're going to um, uh, reduce the occupancy of the parish church. Mm-hmm. Um, in some places, um, they're like changing the locations or they're having multiple masses at the same time so that they can have the normal influx of people, but they're not all sitting in the same right. room. So you can continue to do the social distancing within the church. Just be aware that caution needs to be exercised. And what that means is also you have to think about you and your family. Your safety, right? There, there is still a vulnerable population out there, mm-hmm. and we need to be aware of that. And so, even though masses may be starting up in your diocese, you probably still have a dispensation from your bishop saying you don't have to go until a certain period of time. Right. Right? So, if you're in that vulnerable population, if you're advanced in age, if you are sickly in some, some form or fashion, if you've got certain underlying medical conditions that make you more... Um, um, I don't know, susceptible to uh, this COVID-19 and the effects on your body, you need to be aware of that and, and take care. So maybe it's not, you don't, you don't have to go back to the church now, right? right? There are still, you, you have a dispensation. Now, um, so, so use that, be safe, right? You, you use the hand sanitizer, wash your hands, uh, pay attention to all the things. Um, and then also, be willing to be vulnerable and realize that maybe it's not time for you to go back yet. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just saying that because it's open doesn't mean you need to go. Right. You need to exercise personal caution. Right. So that's important, especially for those who are most vulnerable. Right. Right. And those who are caring for those who are most vulnerable. Now, for the others who are going to be going back, I mean, woohoo! Right. I mean, right. let's get excited. We're going. We're going back to church. It's about time we go back to church, and especially the people who are thinking in terms of like uh, Eucharist. Yes, uh, for some people, um, it's been a long time mm-hmm. since they received Holy Eucharist. Now, we in this church in, in the modern day have gotten accustomed to receiving Eucharist on a fairly regular basis. Wasn't always like that. No, it wasn't always. If you look at church history, I mean, if you look at most of the church's laws and regulations and, you know, the canon law and all these things, they're talking about, you know, the obligation to receive Holy Communion like at least once a year. Yes. Now, most people receive way more than that. Right. If you just go on the Sundays, that's 52 weeks, right? And, and if you're going on other days, Holy Days of Obligation, you know, that's more, maybe another 10 or 12, depending on where they fall in the, in the week. Um, you know, on a Sunday or not, and certainly some of us are going to daily masses, right? Right. So we're some of us are receiving communion multiple hundreds of times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all uh, you know that, that more power to you. That's right. awesome. What a blessing. But it wasn't always that way, right? So some of us who have not received, we're going to be coming back to something, and hopefully, you'd mentioned people who'd been away for a long time. That this maybe was a wake up call. Yes, 
I, what do you think about people who haven't received Eucharist in a while? I mean, what, what do we think about the Eucharist, Sam? What do you, what do you think that someone should be thinking about uh, having had an absence for so long for something that's so profound? Well, I would say refocusing. You know, what we don't want is for this just to be, okay, well, we've been not adding to our weekly calendar Sunday Mass, and now we're going to add it again because it's a thing that we do and we can check a box. That's not the right reason to go. We're, we as Catholics believe as a matter of faith that Jesus Christ, who promised that he would be with us till the end of time, right, does so physically. He remains, the incarnation remains among us. The distinguishing characteristic of the person of Jesus ever since the moment of the incarnation was that he took on flesh and entered the world. And he's still in the flesh with us. And he's waiting to be received in the flesh. And he's ready to incarnate himself within us because he wants us to become love through that sacrament, through that nuptial union of the heart that he, bridegroom with us, our souls, is inviting us into. So I would say that if we are, are returning to the Mass and returning to church and returning to the sacraments, then really giving ourselves a moment of prayer prior to that. Mm, yeah, before you even show up in the building. Yes. What, am, what is it, Lord, that I'm returning to? Give me that, build me up in that hunger. If it's not there quite yet, mm, if it's, if it's yeah. feeling like a box that you're checking, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, build me up in faith. Lord, build me up in a desire for you because he wants us to yearn for him because ultimately love is simultaneously, it's a giving, a yearning, and a union. I mean, that is the inner life of the Trinity itself, and he wants to build us up in that yearning to invite us more deeply into that union. Preach it, Ziggy. Woo! Yeah, amen. (laughs) All right, so we have more to talk about when... when, uh, when we come back after a short break, but before we take that short break, I do want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. Sounds wonderful. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. On October 7, 1571, the Great Naval Battle of Lepanto was fought between the Ottoman Turks and an alliance of Catholic kingdoms assembled by Pope Pius V. This titanic sea battle, fought for the freedom of Christianity in Europe, and the preservation of Western civilization was entrusted to the patronage of our Blessed Mother through the intercession of Our Lady of Victory. The Ottoman Turks had been trying to dominate the Mediterranean Sea with their navy for many years. They slowly captured small Christian outposts and sold much of the population into slavery. The Ottoman armies were brutal and merciless. They sought to exterminate Christianity from all of Europe. After the Turks began the conquest of Cyprus, a small island in the Mediterranean Sea, all Christian Europe became alarmed. Pope Pius V recognized the threat from the Turkish forces and convinced the political rulers of the day to form an alliance that might defend the Christian people of Europe from the threat of the Ottoman Turks. Pius assembled the brave knights of Malta, the Kingdom of Spain, 
the Venetians, and several other Italian kingdoms into a naval force that was finally able to challenge Turkish naval dominance. The last night of Christendom, Don Juan of Austria led the Christian forces. On the day of the great battle of Lepanto, the Pope implored all of Christian Europe to seek the intercession of Our Lady of Victory through praying the rosary. As the Christian ships met the Ottoman host on the turbulent seas, Pius V led a rosary procession through St. Peter's Square in Rome. The entire endeavor was given over to the care of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Pope was given a vision, which assured him that the Christian forces had prevailed. There was a great foreboding that the Christian forces were going to fail against the superior Turkish fleet, but through the Pope's faith and the intercession of Our Lady of Victory, the Christian fleet miraculously carried the day and drove the enemy ships out of Christian waters. The Turkish losses were so great that they were never able to recoup their strength as a mighty naval power. Pius V commemorated the Christian victory at Lepanto through the Blessed Mother's intercession by establishing the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. Pope Paul VI changed the name of the feast to Our Lady of the Rosary. This feast day is celebrated on October the 7th. I'm Vestra Zimski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez, and we are talking about returning to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while for for most of us. It's been a uh, uh, you know we've had the masses on television. We've had uh, um, you know z- z- I guess these teleconferences and using software, or whatever, to communicate and to. You know, we've seen uh, Facebook Live. Some people put their masses there. So there's lots of ways that we've been sort of kind of staying spiritual. No TikTok masses, thanks. No TikTok masses. Those are really short, though. Those are <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, uh, I, I get it. And and uh, so people have tried, and churches have tried. And, and I will say that um, using this uh, this we'll call it a break, mm-hmm. but using this as an opportunity uh, um, to maybe to take stock again and just. To reappreciate fully what the church teaches and why and what Eucharist is, uh, which so you so beautifully preached about in the last segment, and and that's an important thing. Now, if that's true, if we are preparing to receive our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity in Eucharist when we return, we should be prepared to do so. Right? I mean, so it's not just a box. Well, it's like, well, I, I I'm in the church. I'm a member. And so I should be able to receive, right? Well, the same rules apply, and I say rules, but the same um, guiding principles that are sort of ensconced in Catholic teaching that are important to understand is, are you spiritually prepared to receive Holy Communion, not just after having had a break, but every, every time you go to Mass, are you spiritually prepared, which usually means, are, are you in a state of grace? Right. A lot of us, we, we forget that, uh, that so the, the Eucharist is... For the forgiveness of venial sins, it is the sacrifice of the mass. We're eating yeah. the lamb, but it's not mortal sins. Got to be taken care of before. You there show is a up. regular way in which that uh, is done. <clears throat> Excuse me, and certainly we want to make sure that we're prepared in a big way to receive Eucharist. And so, when we have a situation where we're not in um, in a state of grace, so we've committed a mortal sin. 
uh, even if you know we've repented of it and we come back to church, we should be ready. So hopefully, these parishes that are opening up will offer opportunities for a sacramental confession, mm-hmm. right? If you're if you're unsure of whether you're in a state of grace and ready to receive, and whether they're extenuating circumstances, circumstances regarding this having been away for a while, and all of a sudden they're opening the doors again. You know, and like, well, do I have to go to? Do I have to go? To, or like, what if they? I haven't been to confession, but I'm really sorry. These are things you need to take up individually with a priest, mm-hmm. right? And you just ask them those questions. You want to make sure that you are spiritually prepared to to receive so great a sacrament as Eucharist, and because we don't ever want to take for granted, right? And I, and I that's why I guess I want to go back to the idea that this is like. This is like a great blessing for us to come back home to this. Well, and also the sacrament of of uh, confession is also a very powerful encounter with the Lord and a way in itself to return to him. Um, so it's not as if you are uh, – it, it, it's a beautiful experience even if you're not in a state of mortal sin, just to go and grow in the sacramental graces that come from Reconciliation. There is still a sacrifice at that Mass being offered on your behalf, even if you are not receiving Holy Communion. That too, yes. No, so that's when you show up at Mass, and if you're not spiritually prepared, in other words, if you're not in a state of grace, coming to that Mass is still going to be a good and holy thing if you can <clears throat> if, if you can manage that in terms of like your, your health and staying safe and all that kind of stuff. But so so like to prepare to receive the, the, the Eucharist, we talked about confession and and you had mentioned before prayer. Mm-hmm. Just Praying before, maybe before you leave home, mm-hmm. pray in in the mass, right? Pray before you receive. Pray after you receive, and just let it be like. I I know you've already had your first communion. The vast majority of people listening right now, but have another first communion. Yeah, and let this be another first communion. It's at least the first communion in a long time, <laughs> right? Right. So let that be an opportunity for you. And I and I think about those first communicants, you know, in all the different parish experiences and how those little kids dressed in their little white dresses and with the veils and uh, you know the the little boys in their white suits or their blue suits or whatever all with the bow ties and the whatnot. And they're looking so cute and innocent and beautiful and faithful. And they walk down the aisle and their hands are folded. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they, they, their hands are like they're pointing up to heaven. With their, you know, it's like, and it's so beautiful. And you stop and think, how many people actually receive that way now? Well, I've heard a phrase um, in, in varying forms uh, that it's popular in Catholic seminaries, where uh, seminarians are told and they tell each other that when you offer mass, offer it every single time like it's going to be your last mass. Yeah, exactly. And so, why not we, the laity, the faithful, receive the mass like it's going to be our last our first our only and our last yes and so if you look at it like from that perspective i think it'll be a a profound experience of coming home to jesus again uh, in eucharist now another thing that i wanted to bring up is it's interesting that i recently i say recently it's been a couple of years i had a hospital stay and in the hospital stay i had some gut troubles and so i didn't eat it was it was for 84 hours. Mm. And I know that because there was a clock right in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just counting the hours that I didn't eat. And so I was, I was so hungry. I was famished. At, even though they were, they were feeding me with the intravenous whatever, it wasn't the same thing. You know, and I was literally fantasizing about food. I'm right? sure. And, uh, and so, um, but when it came time to eat, 
I was like, I wanted to wolf down this whatever. I could only eat half of a sandwich. Huh. Because my stomach had contracted over that period of time. Wow. And it did not allow me to, I was full with like literally like three or four bites of this sandwich. I was done. Um, and so I, I say that to say that like, don't come back thinking everything's going to be on the smorgasbord of, of your Catholic faith, that you're going to start doing all this stuff and all these things are going to happen and you're going to start praying rosaries every day and you, you're going to, and the schools are going to start, everything's going to be all back up and running because it's not, don't bite off more than you can chew, mm-hmm. right? Literally Eucharist. I mean, just focus on, let's let that be, these are like baby steps coming back to church. Yeah, and so if you see it that way, then it becomes like here's my goal. My goal is to to reunite sacramentally with the Lord. Maybe uh, to do that in confession, maybe to do that in Eucharist, and let that be the goal. Keep it simple. Don't think it's going to be like everything's going to be all better and everything be all perfect and all quote unquote normal again. It's not. It's just an opportunity, and just but see the simplicity of how God has revealed himself in this beautiful way sacramentally, how the Eucharist is really just a, it's a simple, simple concept that is so deep and so profound that we can never fully appreciate and understand in our humanity what's going on there. Mm -hmm. But it's a simple, it's like, it's bread. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know we're talking about the bread from heaven, right? I'm not talking about ordinary bread. This is consecrated. The host is, is, is body, blood, soul, and divinity, Jesus Christ. But it comes to us in such a simple form, right? Right. Focus on that, right? Focus on that, and, and it'll be a successful revisiting of the church. St. Louis de Montfort said, you know, the, the king of the universe could have come to us as a diamond or some ostentatious form, but he came to us in the humblest form as the most simple form of human nourishment. Amen. So, as we come back, uh, watch words, some, some virtues. Be vulnerable. Be open to new ideas. Be non-judgmental. Be patient. Be obedient to your bishops, to your, to your parish. You know, that's the spirit with with within which we need to come back into the church. Mm-hmm. This is not some right, it's a privilege, and we need to experience it that way, and that's exactly what needs to happen when, when we come back so that we're not like sort of judging everybody and they're not doing this right, they're not doing that, and getting all angry and mad because you didn't get to sit here or there. Come back with openness to God's love and keep it that simple, uh, with a goal of reuniting to our with our with our Lord, and I promise you, it'll be a great blessing. Amen. Let's ask our Blessed Mother to be with us in this journey back to church. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners now and in the, the hour of our, our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.